Now we're getting to the bottom of everything. It's time for Mother Angelica. I mean, that's awesome. Answering the call. Answering the call. This world is no place for Catholic chickens. Answering the call. You call that a failure? I call it a great success. Here's Father Joseph and Doug Katz. EWTN Radio proudly presents Mother Angelica Answering the Call, a radio program featuring her inspired responses to your insightful questions, culled from her popular live show, featured on the network during the 80s and 90s, can still be seen on the network. Joining me, I'm Doug Keck, is our own Chaplain, Father Joseph Mary Wolf, good friend of Mother Angelica over the years. Always great to mm-hmm. be with you, Father. Good to be with you again, Doug. Always have those great insights because of your own personal knowledge. I, I got to spend some time with Mother there mm-hmm. for about five years or so, so uh, I have some understanding, but obviously you were the uh, first of the priests here, so uh, you came yeah, you in know, what, uh, what year was that exactly? It was, well, 1985. I came as an engineer, and we were known as the Spiritual Growth Network at that time and uh, so one of the callers today is about how can I be holy how can I grow in holiness and that's what the network was founded for to help the man in the pew grow in holiness of there's life. no holding you back I didn't even get to read the list yet you're already <laughs> you're tipping our hands struggle with self-love is the first one a nine-year-old talks about his vocation was that your call? We'll check on that. How can I be more holy? I think that one was me. And then we've God. God loves you. That's probably Tom Price, our our, our wonderful producer, uh, and his team. Uh, so that's what we have on tap for you today. So let's get in into the first one, Father, that you kind of alluded to, mm-hmm. with a person talking about struggling with self-love. There's a lot of confusion about understanding the proper way of thinking about mm-hmm. that, isn't it? Right. And so Mother makes a very important distinction that there's a bad self-love, which is just selfish, what's in it for me, doesn't care about the cost to other people. But we also need a healthy self-love to know that we are lovable because we are children of God. So we have this dignity. And I think this is a common problem, you know, that I run into as a priest, that people kind of are down on themselves. They know their faults, their weaknesses, their tendencies. They wonder if they're ever going to change, if God can possibly love them in their particular weaknesses. Right, and I think his mother points out, because his concern, uh, we'll hear about the idea, in a sense, because he despaired and fell away, he feels unworthy. Mm-hmm. Yes, and so if we commit a sin, then we can think, well, God couldn't possibly love me, or I could not return to him again. But, of course, the opposite is a case, that he loves us, and he's drawing us back to himself. And this is what Mother is saying. The Lord is drawing you. That's why you're even listening to my program, right? And so the Lord has these ways in which he enters into our our lives and our particular circumstances in order to reach out to us, in order to speak to us through others, perhaps. Absolutely. And only as Mother Angelica can, let's see what she has to say about this young person struggling with self-love. We have a call. Hello? Mother Angelica. Yeah. Hi, I finally got a hold of you. Hi, where are you from? Michigan. What is your question? Uh, my question is about self-love. Self-love, okay. Yeah, I have a big problem with that. Why? Uh, probably because um, when I was younger, I never really took my religion serious. And I wasn't brought up in a very religious home. Yeah. And, um... I had experience. I had the grace conversion a couple years ago, and I turned away from it. And this isn't going to sound good. I consciously chose hell. 
and now I want to change my mind, and I'm finding myself afraid to go back to the Eucharist and stuff since I despaired, and I've got all this self-love that's inside of me. Yeah. Well, sweetheart, the Lord is drawing you to himself. See, vice. Self-love is not a vice. In fact, the, the old commandment, we're talking about commandments tonight. The old commandment is, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Well, boy, if you don't like yourself, I hate to think what you're going to think of your neighbor, huh? But see, God knew that wasn't just what we needed. So he said, thou shalt love each other as I love you. That's a new commandment. What is self-love? Okay. Self-love is when you do every single thing, no matter what it costs anyone, no matter what it, what it takes, no matter how bad it is. Self, the bad self-love, the good self-love. Bad self-love is selfish. It'll do everything to gratify yourself, regardless of what others suffer from it. And sometimes even what you suffer from it. Self-gratification is the wrong turn of self-love. Now, if I didn't love myself, I, I wouldn't have any preservation. I'd be walking across the street when there was a red light, or I'd be doing some crazy thing. So I have to love my, why? I am, I am made to the image of God. Why can't you not love yourself? You may not make the right decisions. That's what you have to not like too much, but you must love yourself but not to the exclusion of God and everybody else. So, if I love God and I love you, the, the love of God in me must overflow to my neighbor. You have to have excess inside, see? You have enough of love inside that you can afford to give it to everybody. See? Now, that's the right kind of self-love. And so, when there is occasion for sin, and your love is for God and not yourself, then you will choose virtue. Now, I know you knowingly choose yourself, but you've got to undo that now. And the only thing going to give you grace is the Eucharist. So you go to confession, like tomorrow. Don't wait. And tell Father that you choose yourself over God, that you're selfish, that you're all of these things. Get it off your chest. Tell him all your sins. And then you're just go before the Blessed Sacrament and say, Lord, here I am. Pour your love into my heart so that I can think of others and I can think of you rather than myself. Moving ahead, we have another call that came in uh, about a young girl's vocation. She's pretty young, mm -hmm. nine years old, and I guess mom's asking about that. And it's important, right, as mother's saying, live your young life, right? Don't be too seriously concerned about these things. Yes, of course, pray, consider these sorts of things. But when the time comes, that's when God's going to give you the grace to say yes. And, of course, mother has her <laughs> own humorous experience of how— as she said in another place, 
that uh, she thought nuns looked like they had just lost their husband, you know, because, mm-hmm. <laughs> and so she didn't really want to be ever become a nun, but God's full of surprises. Right. She talked about, I never thought I, I had a vocation. And she kind of talks about that. The last thing she wanted to be was a nun. I thought also what you alluded to, which Mother talks about, if she has a vocation, the Lord will let her know at the right time. Mm -hmm. Because you don't want to also be pressuring somebody into thinking that they do. Because if it's not the right vocation, then that could be a problem as well. Yes, and what is it it for this girl to do right now? Well, it's to do God's will. What is God's will for her now? Do her studies well. Be obedient to her parents. Pray. Do those sorts of things that are part of her nine-year-old life. Play. You know, enjoy developing her own abilities and so on. That's what God's will is for her In a sense, that's her vocation as a child. And then Mm -hmm. she'll have a vocation, maybe to the religious life, maybe not. Let's see what Mother had to say. We have another call. Hello? Hi, Mother. Hi. How, where are you from? Oh, we're, I'm from Opelousas, Louisiana. Good. From is... Our Lady of Mercy Parish. Wonderful. What's your question? Well, I'm calling for my nine-year-old daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, she is seriously considering a vocation to the religious life. Hey, and, and we don't doubt it because she's always been a very um, special child, very in love with our Lord. Her fear is that she will not understand his will for her. And, and we've tried to set that fear aside, but she would feel better hearing it from you. No, sweetheart. If, if she has a vocation, the Lord will let her know, and she will have no doubt. See, if you have a vocation, she wants to trust the Lord. If, if she has a desire to be a religious one day, that's planted in her by God for one of two reasons. Either that is His will for her, or he wants her to begin to live a holy life. Either way, he is speaking to her, see? We don't know, she won't know either at nine years old what God will will for her (laughs) at 18. So that's where if she wants to be religious, now is the time to trust, see? And, And God doesn't play games with us. He doesn't you know, have a watch in front of us and just say, well, looky here, you might get it, you might not. (laughs) That's all these uh, prizes you get in the mail, you know. Miss Angelica, that's what I got last, that that teed me off right off the bat. Miss Angelica, (laughs) you are definitely on the last list of recipients for $5 million. Now, I know it's a lie, and you know it's a lie. I know somebody's going to win it, maybe. But that's one of these little things. Then you get one, and I bet all of you get them, and all of you answer. There's always that one chance. Forget it. (laughs) But God is not like that. See, he doesn't do things like that. Sometimes he inspires us to get our minds off the world and onto him. I never thought I had a vocation. One thing I never wanted to do is to be a nun. I didn't want to do anything else either. (laughs) (laughs) But the worst thing I could could think of was being a nun. Here I am. (laughs) So I wouldn't worry. You tell her not to worry. Be at peace and live her life as a young child. Don't get old before you have to. Be a nice, sweet, kind, loving nine-year-old. 
When the time comes, God will speak to your heart. I guarantee it. There's more Mother Angelica answering the call on EWTN Radio. Let's return to Mother Angelica answering the call with Father Joseph and Doug Kecht on EWTN Radio. And thank you so much for staying with us. I'm Doug Keck here, along with our chaplain, Father Joseph Mary Wolf, the program Mother Angelica Answering the Call. Let's get to another one of Mother's responses, this one to a caller talking about how can I be more holy? Mm -hmm. That's a tough one. Yes, and I think Mother has a great thing for us all to think about. Do we make a morning offering, a morning intention? And like Mother says, to cover all the bases, so she offers the Lord her whole day. And then everything, as she said, beautifully, a beautiful thing that she says here, it's like an incense. So our work, our prayer, even our interaction with others, our meals even, that all of this is offered to God as a sacrifice of love. Right, and it's a continual striving, as she really points out. And I thought this was interesting. She says, uh, God's not going to come down and give you a diploma. (laughs) I wish he did. If so, I might have retired already. But... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or going back to kindergarten, right? So a lot of humor that mother had is a good way to bring home the points, you know, that are important that we're to continually strive to grow in holiness. We never, ever graduate or finish. And as mother indicates many times in, in this and other answers, you know, we have a kind of mistaken idea of this kind of plaster Paris sainthood mm-hmm. holiness, and that's not what it's about. No, it's about doing God's will in the present moment, right? In our particular circumstances, our, the duties of our state and life, sometimes we overlook that. What are the responsibilities I have? Well, let me do them well and do them with love. Right, absolutely. Here's Mother Angelica on how you could be more holy. We have another call. Hello? Hi. Hello. Where are you from? From Western New York State. My Wonderful. Name is Bob. What is your question? Well, earlier in the program you mentioned... Um, you spoke to uh, people being holy, and I wonder what you mean by that. I am a, a Catholic, and of course I go to Mass every Sunday, and I'm a lector and a Eucharistic minister, and I really feel that I have a relationship with God, and right. I thank God every day for the unfathomable gift of my faith. Right. And yet sometimes I wonder, I feel like a novice. I feel like I have so much more that I can do, and I wondered what should I strive for to be holy? I would strive to do whatever it is you do every moment of the day. And this is where your morning intention comes in, huh? Just say, Jesus, I give you my whole day. I, you know, I like to cover all the bases. You like to do that? I like to do that with God. You know, I don't want anything hanging around when I'm gone. What I say to the Lord every, as soon as I get up, well, as soon as I'm, conscious (laughs) I begin a small prayer I say Father I unite all my thoughts today to Mary's thoughts and I unite that to your thoughts Eternal word, I reunite all my words today to Mary's words. And I unite them all 
to you, the eternal word. And Holy Spirit, I unite all my love and all my work to Mary's love and Mary's work. And I unite it all to you, Holy Spirit, who art infinite love and ceaseless activity. And so if we make any kind of morning intention, <coughs> you can make it up yourself. Make it up yourself. Then during the day, all that you do, all that you say, all that you are, is offered to God like incense. If you're living a good life, and it seems like you are, that is holiness. You do some spiritual reading, you do the scriptures, you examine your conscience, you go to confession, you go to Mass, Holy Communion, and you look in your neighbor and you try to the best of your ability to be loving and compassionate like God is. When you do that, that is pleasing to God. You know, we're so used to going to college, going to school. What happens? Well, we get a diploma. God is not going to come down and give you a diploma. <laughs> I wish you did. I might have retired, I don't know. <laughs> Worse yet, he might have said, back to kindergarten for you. <laughs> but no proof is a proof of your love. No proof of your progress is an occasion for love. See? That's when you practice the best kind of faith. Keep doing what you're doing. That is holiness. And closing out our program, a question to Mother Angelica about God loving us or loving each of us. And it's interesting because here's a teenager who was... Uh, calling actually an older person but since they were a teenager they had always suffered with melancholy and depression mm -hmm. and i was thinking with the teenager part we see so much of that today a lot of despair out there we really do and so mother brings it right to the heart of the matter that think about why you exist right why am i here i'm only here because of god's design and that he thought of me even before time began and if we really realize that, that he thought of us, delighted in the thought of us, he wanted us to exist, not just for a few short years on earth, but forever in eternity, that changes your whole perspective on life. Absolutely, and that's where the belief in God is so important. And she references in this a great uh, past bishop, Bishop Vaughn, Austin mm -hmm. Vaughn, uh, a book uh, from the past, Thoughts for All Times, and she recommends that highly, it, in a sense, it says, uh, explains how God thought of us before time began, as you were indicating, and realizing how important. And that's why Bishop Vaughn was such a great pro-lifer. He was a wonderful man, and I still remember when he dedicated the shortwave facility, he came up for that blessing, mm -hmm. and I still remember something he said, the only thing we take with us to eternity is what we give away. Well said. 
We know that God loves us. Let's see what Mother had to say. So we have another call. Hello? Hello, Mother. Yes. Where are you from? Indiana. Good. I have a question about something kind of personal. Ever since I was a teenager, I've been suffering from bouts um, occasionally of melancholy and depression. Yes. And it gets real so bad, Mother. It's almost like being, almost like feeling like being in hell. Mm. And um, I've never really despaired. But I was wondering if you could tell me, what does the church have to say about this condition? And is there any advice or any prayer? You have, you, have you been that way since you were a little kid? Since I was about 13. 14. Have you gone to a doctor to find out if it's something physical? Um, yes. Um, we've, um, I've been to see um, stress therapists before. Um, yes. And, um, and the, the clergy's been really supportive, my priest. But I would, I would just pray to Our Lady and, and maybe say the Rosary or the Hail Holy Queen or the Memorare uh, and just ask her to, to instill into your heart many people who suffer from melancholy. We have melancholic temperaments. You know, we just tend to be a little bit more quiet and more sad or whatever. But we need to just ask our dear Lord to give us a deep realization of His love for us. I think that's so important. And, and I'm amazed at how many people, good Catholics, who don't know that personal relationship with Jesus. He loves me. He loves you. And once we know, and I would ask Our Lady to give you a deep realization of how much God loves you. See, there's a beautiful book I wish we could get reprinted called Thoughts for All Times. And in that book, Bishop Vaughn explains how God thought of us before time began. Before time began. Before he even created an angel, God knew you, loved you, decided when you would be, and loves you still, as if the whole world were one big blank ball and you alone were on it. Once we realize that one truth, our lives can change. Because no matter what in life, no matter what tragedy, no matter what disappointment, if I know that one truth, everything is on the upward swing. Why? Because I know I'm loved by Jesus. What else matters, huh? What else matters? Everything else in life will pass. Everything else in life will come to an end. People have great power, power in the church, power in the world, power in government, power that comes from money. But it all comes to an end. So you're going to lose it anyway. But God's love for you goes on and on and on through all eternity. So I would think of that, and I will pray for you. I'll just pray a little prayer right now. Lord Jesus, we just ask that you extend your hand, your wounded hand, Lord, to all those listening tonight who be, may just tend more to sadness and melancholy and and give them that, that spark from thy Holy Spirit that will let them know how much they are loved by you and 
And no matter what happens in our life, we can have that joy that no one can take away from us because no one can take us away from you, but we ourselves. So give this woman, Lord, that special joy that comes from that deep reality of your love. Amen. For more about Mother Angelica and to listen to her shows, go to EWTN.com. See you next time on Mother Angelica, answering the call only on EWTN Radio.